You're listening to the Deliberative Podcast. Welcome to The Deliberative, your premier podcast all about Exalted. I'm your host, Corey, and joining me today, as always, are Charles. Help! And Jim. How's it going? Well, it's going pretty good, guys. Good to be back. Good to hear y'all again. And, uh, you know, have you guys, did you guys see this this news story this morning as I was kind of getting ready to go here i was uh, taking care of some business some consequences of taking my wife to cracker barrel last night <laughs> you know what i mean um i, I okay. was reading <laughs> not only do i not know what you mean i'm very confident that i don't want to know what you mean <laughs> <laughs> I, I was reading i was reading through the news and i saw this story uh and, and for some reason the first the first like couple of times i i you know, brushed across this story at various news websites or whatever. I, uh, I didn't really, I didn't really connect it. But then this morning it, it did, uh, the story about the, the guy on the plane who mouthed off to Mike Tyson and he beat the crap out of him. Did you, have you guys oh, seen that story? I, I haven't seen the video, but yeah, I saw it on Facebook. He like repeatedly punched someone on a plane and yeah. I'm like, so that guy's just dead then, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know anything about this. So some really? guy mouthed off to Mike Tyson, and yeah, Mike Tyson guess, hit the guy. Yeah, yeah, like like repeatedly, like like knocked the crap oh. out of him. But uh, what what I guess the, the dude was sort of drunk, uh, or, or very inebriated, or whatever. The one that was sitting behind uh, Tyson, and he kept just like just mouthing off to him over and over and over again, and. And you know, Mike was like, "Chill," you know. He kept he kept telling him to ch- chill. Wait, hang on. And, uh, what did he say? One more time. Chill. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't watch. Mike it. Tyson doesn't uh, listen. <laughs> yeah, <that's> yeah. True. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, you know, um, the guy just kept on, kept on, and then he eventually he threw a water bottle at Mike Tyson. At which point he just turned around and beat the absolute crap out of him, and uh, and, it, and so the first couple of times I've just like I saw the headline of the story. I saw this morning for some reason I see I saw the headline, and it and it just kind of reminded me. It clicked. I was like, oh yeah. Do, do you guys remember? It was one of my favorite quotes like over the last couple of years. I sent it around maybe to some of our group texts a couple of times, but that uh, the Mike Tyson had like one of just like the most. <laughs> wise sayings uh that has been you know uttered in a while i guess he posted to twitter a couple of years ago mike tyson yes wise you don't remember this he said he said social media made y'all way too comfortable with disrespecting people and not getting punched in the face for it Uh, (laughs) (laughs) and i I just shockingly wise yes isn't it isn't it and uh anyway it's uh, that's what he's gonna say to you when he comes to your house after knocking his voice (laughs) well you know i feel like i feel like he was rather patient with this man who kept you know mouthing off to him he just kept telling him to chill or whatever it wasn't until he threw the water bottle that he really got up in his face but uh and then and then wrecked his face but i I feel like you know i mean he does have a high-pitched voice right yeah Yeah, he does yeah he does yeah i remember that's why it's so tough yeah. yeah, there was that love, song. Love you, remember that? I bet is here. I bet is here. Remember that that song? Yeah, that was a great song. Yeah. Uh, it was like it was parodying like the how bizarre, how bizarre. I bet is here. I bet is here. Oh man. Anyway, yeah. 
yeah, so I just thought that was, you know, how appropriate to just live up to your own, you know, wisdom. You know, social media made y'all way too comfortable disrespecting people and not getting punched <laughs> in the face for it. And then here it is, dude, you know, he's living that out. And the guy's like, I can disrespect whoever the heck I want to. And the dude's like, smack. <laughs> so um, that's just a warning to you guys out there who disrespect us online. I'm just, I mean, no threats, just saying. <laughs> we're, we're coming for you, I guess? I we go get you. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> we well, the good just news chill. is is that... Um, <laughs> The, the guy on the plane actually lasted longer than Mike Tyson's second opponent. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Oh, man. Well, hey, you know what? We got quite a bit of news this week to get into. Well, Siderials is now in the final draft stage. And uh, that's actually, that's very cool. It's moving along. Uh and I, you know, I'm, I'm excited about that because I love Siderials and I think it's going to just be like one of the, probably one of the best additions to the game, uh, really, maybe even ever. I mean, like uh, the the addition of the Yushan Heaven and all that kind of stuff is going to be just incredible. And so, but at the same time, I'm trying to temper my excitement because I remember Lunars flying through the process this fast and then it taking like a very long time to get the book, uh, even though, you know, it was moving through these initial stages, but it's still, it's, it's good. At least well, we got Corey, something this else. Is, this is the good thing about a little bit of time between the, um, the, the, the different books that come out is, you know, exigence is about to drop. So now we right. have a little bit of time to play around with some exigence. I mean, we, right. we just started playing around with lunars like extensively Yeah, because, because we were, because we were like, away from the game right 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 but yeah um when some of these people who of course there's going to be excitement about exigence we want to play that right but i am really i really want to play a siderials game i mean (laughs) it seems like it's a totally different dynamic oh yeah um, oh yeah to, to the game very uh very very different than you know the rest of creation is like just almost like wilderness in a lot of areas or maybe you're in like a city or something but it's it just seems kind of um raw and uh and and medieval and and like i said just wilderness even though i understand there's cities like nexus and great forks and all that kind of stuff but like when you get into to siderials with the yushan stuff and this like heavenly bureaucracy that's like kind of in control of all of these things going on uh, there is a much more modern feel to it. I mean, people ride around in like flying cars and stuff to get between their various <laughs> offices. It really does bring a bit more of like uh, the modern world. You can you can bring in some of those conveniences and and even just the the way people talk about you know fast transportation and all this other kind of stuff. You bring that into a game, and then you you go from that that kind of an area down into the the wilderness and the the rusticness of creation to you know straighten out fate and bring some justice or whatever it is that you're doing it well just, i mean uh, when yeah, i think about cool. this it's like just even creating a character is like a totally different concept because i've made thousands of characters that grew up on a farm and this army came in and killed your whole right. village and now you right. but this is totally different it's like you know, where's my farm and, you know, and the murdering horde that comes and takes them all out. It's like, but, and like your whole motivation is different. Like, yeah, it's just like a totally entirely different game. 
It, it, now, I'm really you still could have grown up on that farm, but when you exalted, they came and got you. Yeah, <laughs> took I guess. you away to heaven. <laughs> yeah, alien abduction. You. Yeah, it's kind of like an alien abduction. Uh well, also in the uh, intervening weeks, just been a couple of weeks since we've uh, since we've been been on here. We're back even earlier than last time, but during that time, there have been a couple of different exigence previews that have been making the rounds. The first one to pop out was on the Systematic Understanding of Everything podcast or the Exalt Cast, whatever you want to call that. And uh, the two guys from the Exalt Cast were interviewing Vance and Elliot, who are like the two developers that are working mainly on exigence and i guess they're also working on siderials but uh they were interviewing those guys kind of interesting i was shocked first of all just to hear robert vance's voice on there yeah yeah because i remember we uh way back when we were like oh man we should get him on and talk about mechanics and eric was like he doesn't do that yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, both Eric and uh, Eric Minton and Dixie, Dixie, and Dixie they both yeah. said, like, yeah, he's he doesn't go on podcasts. Right? Mm, you, you won't suspicious, you won't yeah. suspicious. <laughs> so, uh, so he's, I guess, coming out of his shell or something over there. But that's good. I, I enjoyed hearing him. I love hearing his, yeah, yeah, he his was passion good. for the game, his knowledge of the game. You know, like he, um, it, it was just really good to hear him. Uh, and a very different sort of um, personality or uh, or just an attitude or just a, a level of exuberance or whatever. Then, I mean, I, me- I remember when we had Eric Minton on, uh, he was much more laid back, you know, and we would ask him questions. He was like, well, you know, that just depends. On... And I'm not I'm not saying that in any way to like uh, bring Eric Minton down. I mean, it was fun talking to him. And he also had like a, a comprehensive knowledge of the. Uh, the game of Exalted and all that stuff, but you hear Vance. Vance is much more like a kid in a candy store when you hear. Oh him. yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> like he was just like yeah. Then these guys are gonna do this and this and this, you know. And uh, anyway, I just I thought that was pretty awesome, and I was I very much enjoyed listening to him and Elliot too. I mean, I don't know this this Elliot guy. He's like sort of I guess maybe new to the whole Exalted thing since we've been gone and back. But um, yeah, I mean was, Vance. When, when I hear Vance talk, he talks a lot like we do. Like when he's explaining something, he uses a lot of comparisons from other games. And then you're like, hey, this right. guy plays this. This guy plays magic. This guy, you know. Right. So, right. yeah, that was cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So they, uh, they've they outlined the in in both that, uh, that preview of Exigence and then the other one that the Onyx Pathcast did just last night. Both of those previews talked about the main sort of four types of exalted uh exigence that will be i guess for lack of a better term they're almost like examples since exigence is a little bit of a of a roll your own kind of a book they have rolled a few of their own uh in order to just kind of show off what you can do and also just to give you easy options to pick if you don't want to go through the process of rolling your own well here you've got a few you've got a few options we've created for you is kind of what they've done which i i really appreciate that and yeah uh, that's good yeah it's very good so the four that they've kind of put in the book that you can just pick right out of the gate that have charms made for them and all that kind of stuff is one straw maiden janice i mean we we knew she was going to be a part of it from the very beginning she's the one called out in the original third edition core book and, uh, you know, it's just kind of one, one girl or guy, if you want to make it a guy, but, you know, uh, sort of like this defender of this village, this, uh, harvest God has exalted this person and she's got cool 
uh, I like the way Elliot described it, like Paul Bunyan power. She could turn into a giant woman and all this kind of stuff. You know, like there's, there's some pretty cool stuff there with Straw Man Janice, but she's a, she's kind of like a standalone. This is what it looks like when one God exalts one person, you know, and gives kind of all of his power to this one, this one exalt, this one exigent. And, uh, so she's got a lot of detail in the book. They have, um, uh, this, uh, a, a set of five or more, but essentially like a collection or, or number of casts of a type of exalt called the sovereigns, which are, uh, they're related. They have gemstones. They're somehow tied into these gemstones and, uh, don't know the full, the full explanation of what's really going on there. But, but they, we know that they have the powers of like two different, gods like joined together and because yeah that was, these two that was cool yeah these two different types of of essence uh joining together like create them have some problems create some problems for them uh well, make, it was like, like a pact painful. that the gods made because typically they get you know they just disintegrate you know giving up all their power to create an exigent so this was kind of like a pact so that it's like you know those gods could the hang around yeah, yeah, right. yeah exactly right. like hey uh you're the god of the river, and I'm the god of the lake, and we don't like this, you know, fey folk that's in our area. So let's, you know, combine our powers with your powers combined. You know, <laughs> right, right, yeah. Captain Planet. So they they seem pretty cool, uh, you know, pretty neat. I, they've described some of the uh, the ways that you become a sovereign, you like dip yourself in this god's blood or whatever, and maybe you might come out an accident, you might die, you might. Oh yeah, I like that, like. Yeah. Yeah. Go crazy. And when you think when you think that this is just like a this is an example exalt type that you could create with the with like the rules and exigence or whatever, for them to put that kind of detail in it too. I mean it, it's really like it's like creating a new exalt type. Uh like it's like giving us a different splat book, you know, like sovereigns. It's like they have their own splat book. So I think, you know, that's very cool. Uh I think probably the one that I'm most excited about is the one that they call the puppeteer, which mm, is yes. uh like exalted of the god of puppetry super creepy yeah i mean like you, you think at first it's like well this god of puppetry exalted someone and you're like oh well that's that's kind of cool right that's and cute. you guys made fun of me for doing a pottery god exigent and then this guy comes out with like marionettes and stuff and yeah <laughs> like, oh this is the favorite exalted you know yeah well i mean you know it's the it's the combination of the childish, the, the you know, like the childhood entertainment and the like straight up horror movie that makes it so good, yeah. you know, because I can imagine <laughs> that this this puppeteer exalt could probably put on a pretty awesome puppet show, but then he could also <laughs> animate dead corpses. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that one that was pretty cool. And then I guess the, the the last type that they had uh, that are sort of the pre-made ones in the book are these architects, which uh, they've mentioned this actually in the antagonist chapter of the core book of third edition. Uh, the fact that, you know, you, if you had these exalted of these various cities, uh, they would yeah. have city powers. Like you go in one door in the city, you pop out another door anywhere else. Yeah, like the, the whole matrix and the, uh, the, the key master guy that yeah. you just stick the key in there and it opens a door to anywhere. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, and I, I think one of the coolest things about uh, when when they first showed it, I think it, I think this is even in the antagonist chapter of the core book. You know, still going back to that is, or it's some it's somewhere along the way. I know it hasn't been just this last week. I've seen this for a long time, but the fact that like if you were the exalt 
of like the city god of of Charoscuro, your resonant uh, material, your resonant magic material would be like Charoscuro and glass instead mm. of like moon silver or or orichalcum or whatever, you know. And I thought that was just super cool, you know, because you know the the, the towers of Charoscuro or whatever they're made out of this like super hard, almost like adamant type glass. And so making yeah. that a magical material for an exalt of that city, I just, for me, that was, that in and of itself was just one of like the coolest things. I was like, Oh, what an awesome idea. You know, <laughs> I can't, I can't yeah. wait to see what sort of like cool evocation powers, Charoscure and glass weapons, you know, might have, yeah. you know, yeah. Shooting lasers and crap or something, you know, something just very interesting shattering. And then the shards like fly through people and, then reform I mean, into a Charoscuro blade. is just like it's a it's just a cool place. It's like it's uh, always been my favorite. Yeah, it's like Sam and Dean came out and like laid a bunch of salt lines everywhere for the ghosts. <laughs> yeah, I'm just really <laughs> bummed that I can't ever go back. Well, you can. <laughs> Did they ban you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Was it because of that time you yes. at the Sizzler? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, that's hilarious. It's like it's like you're playing a different character. It's like, no, we know Charles is playing the character. Yeah. Out. Yeah. Out. You're banned from Charles Garrett. <laughs> oh man. Well, we know the, what your the, characters do to the city. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, the last ex, ex uh like well, it's not really exalt type, or I guess it's kind of types that they've mentioned in, in both of these uh these preview things that have been out are these three apocryphal exalt types. And, you know, it's kind of interesting. Uh, Vance mentioned that the, sort of the fan community has dubbed these three extra exalt types that are in the core book. When you're flipping through, like, kind of the, the early chapter there of the of the core book, you come across all these different exalt types. Like, they have the solars listed first, and then they've got, like, the dragon bloods and the lunars and the abyssals and the exigence and uh you know they, they've got set siderials maybe they've, they've got several of these exalt types listed with pictures and all this kind of stuff and then when you get to the last page of that little section it says and there are these other exalt types that may be out there or whatever and it just has like a few pictures that no one's been able to really associate with any of the existing exalt types that we've known from other editions and so there, there's been all of this kind of speculation of what those are. And Vance said, you know, the community has dubbed these the apocryphal exalt types. And so they have, <laughs> in this exigence book, decided to just go ahead and detail some of these things. And now they're not giving them the full treatment that they are, the Sovereigns or the Puppeteer or Strawbane Janus or, or um, the Architects or whatever. But they're giving a little bit, they're, they're like kind of giving a seed or a start, you know, just kind of give you a little something to start with. And those three are the heart eaters who are kind of like body snatchers that possess people and control them. Uh, pretty cool. I remember on the on the Systematic Understanding of Everything podcast, I think it was Vance or maybe Elliot uh, said that, you know, it's sort of like lunars. Lunars can take the shape of other people and impersonate them. But a heart eater can just like possess them, <laughs> possess a person and walk their body around, which that yeah, is cool. that that's pretty cool. I can't wait to uh, to see some of that stuff and maybe maybe dream up a way to use them. Like Patrick Swayze, if he was exalted yeah. from Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> One of the other types is the the umbral. 
uh, who they've they described it in, a, in, in a, maybe even both of the podcasts uh, as being sort yeah they of like covered it wraith. Both. Yeah, but they I think they used to, to, they said that it was like wraith has some like wraith type powers. Yeah, uh, because these have like a shadow that is like their shadow, but it, it's sort of alive and it you, they can make deals with it for power, but they also end up giving freedom, giving up some of their freedom to it or whatever. Uh, they can manipulate some shadow essence and all this kind of stuff. Anyway, that sounds that sounds very cool and moody and uh, and I'm down for that for real. Well, it was also described as like Incredible Hulk or Dr. Oh, Jekyll, right. Mr. Hyde, you know? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was really interested in that. Yeah, that is very cool. Uh, I I could I could really see that being something that would be very fun to play, and just give you such a unique role in a party too. You yeah. Know, now, I mean, it, could you imagine interacting with a character that has two totally different personalities depending on the situation? <laughs> like, that oh would yeah, be, that, that would be cool. Would I mean, be it would cool. be fun to play. It would really be fun to play. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would you be could fun. have some inner monologue where you argue with yourself, you know, like when Bruce Ooh. Banner's like trying to convince the Hulk to come out and he don't want to because he's tired of being <laughs> right. abused. <laughs> right. Yeah, that would be fun. And then the third apocryphal one is uh, the Dream Sold, which are chosen by some furious god being of the distant wild. And essentially, what Vance said is people have been asking for a long time for an exalted of the wild type, you know, and you know, like fair folk are not really exalted. Uh, you know, they are playable in, you know, second edition, first edition, but well, I guess playable is a debatable word, but I guess they're so <laughs> weird. But, uh, but anyway, people have been asking for like an actual exalt type. That's like a wild uh, fueled exalt type for a while. And so they said that the dream sold are going to kind of fill that niche a little bit. So I'm looking forward to that one. I think that should be pretty cool. They they referred to these these exalt types as optional. You know the uh, I guess that's where they get uh, yeah. the word mm-hmm. ap- apocryphal. Yeah, I, I think well, I said that yeah, one those... right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so what are your yeah. th- what are your thoughts about an optional exalt? Like, you know, is it canon? Is it not canon? Can you ah. use it? Can you not use it? So but what do see, you think that, about that? You know, I just I felt like that was such a weird word to use for anything in a role playing game because isn't everything optional? Yeah. I mean, like I for example, like when you see in a D and D book, when you see the uh, uh, oh gosh, what is it even called? The immovable rod. I almost forgot my favorite. <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> when you when you see an immovable rod in a in a Dungeons Take a and drink. Dragons book. Take a drink. Yeah, <laughs> is isn't that optional? Like, if you don't want to have an immovable rod in your game, you just don't introduce it to the characters, right? You know, like there are definitely items that I don't let players have in Pathfinder because I find them problematic to run games. So, like, right. that's a pretty standard <laughs> thing. Yeah. So you well, say, when it, well, this... when, it, when it comes to exalt types, like if you just didn't want to read the Lunar's book or even deal with them, you just yeah. you no don't one can be a Lunar. Game. Well, and if you've got a character like jumping up and down, like oh, or a player who's like oh, oh, I want to be a lunar, 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 you just say not in this game, buddy. We're we're maybe in a different game you could do that, but right now we're playing a solar yeah. game, or right now we're playing a dragon blooded game. We just don't want a lunar in here. So so, so when yeah. you say that you have these like optional exalt types, I'm like, what does that mean? I mean, it's not like you've got some some world spanning. <laughs> Uh, you know, like cooperative play environment where you know people are bringing different things to the table. Like you're you're sitting around a table discussing how you want the game to play out, and somebody's like, "Oh, you think I could be a abyssal in this game?" Like, no, 
think I could be an umbral? No. What about dream soul? Okay. I mean, like, you know, it's, it, it just, it just seems like it, that word optional it, was like a, a weird thing to say. And maybe they Dream didn't mean it. Shattering like that. storyteller. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, no, you have to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just, I can't, you know, somebody's like, I want to play an umbral. It's like, yeah, but you see, those are optional, and we've opted not to. Well, then I'm playing an abyssal. It's like, well, mm-hmm. I can't stop you there. It is an official yeah, yeah. type. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was, anyway, it was a little weird wording. So I, I don't. I mean, I don't to know me, I feel like. If you're going to append the optional tag to anything, it's going to be the exigent book, right? Like, okay, cool. You can be a sidereal. You can be an abyssal. You can be a solar. Exigence, that gets weird. It's super homebrewy. We don't want to mess with that. So that whole book is optional. But like, I mean, to me, war striders are optional. You know, like (laughs) they could completely change a game. Yeah, like like, literally everything is dipping into exigent at all why like yeah like i know what i want to say i just can't i can't form it in words <laughs> speakify is bad for me this morning <laughs> why say many word when few word do trick <laughs> <laughs> oh man well you know uh one of the other things that just you know they've kind of talked about and we've talked about is like you know is, is there going to be any is there going to be any setting information in the exigence book? And uh, they have said that, yes, they are going to be doing a very detailed uh, write-up of the city of Great Forks. Uh, I'm really detailing it out as an adventure location. And I think that is super cool, especially after, you know, I just a couple of weeks ago completed my read through of the dragon blooded book again. And uh, they have this section in there about outcasts and, and, you know, these various types of dragon bloods that are sort of different and weird and whatever. And yeah. one of the, the outcast types are, are living in the city of Great Forks and they belong to a certain temple there that essentially is like a it's like a it's like a worship brothel for various gods where they can come and a God can come and say, I want to be worshiped in this ridiculous way. And these dragon bloods that form the staff of this temple. Oh, I remember uh, that. You remember those? Yeah. They they will like make it happen. Like whatever this like God wants, however he wants to be worshiped. You know, if they want like somebody to tattoo uh, like a poem in their honor all over their skin and then, then you know half drown themselves and then lay on fiery coals or whatever like they'll do it right and the reason why they're dragon bloods is because like some of the things that the gods ask them to do would like kill a a human you know or like an unexalted person and so uh anyway that's just very cool and that's all going on in great forks because great forks is a place where essentially like you know worship of various deities is just it's all over the place. Like that is the, the name of the game for great forks. It's like a temple city where all these different gods are. And so of course that makes it the perfect adventure location for a beginning of an exigence game or introducing some exigence characters, because this is where the gods would go to trade. This is like their, you know, Walmart or, or their Mecca. (laughs) Their Walmart. (laughs) 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 This is where they come down. They're bizarre. Maybe that's a better, it's like they're bizarre. This is where they, they're going to come down here. They're going to make deals. They're going to, they're going to, you know, make deals for the exigence 
uh, where they can like <laughs> get that spark to make their own exigent or trade and get somebody else's that took from, you know, maybe, maybe this other God, he created one and he died. But now that that exigence is like on a, like a black market, you know, and this God can take it and use it to create his own type or whatever. Anyway, yeah. That's so, one, that's one thing we didn't talk about is that that spark can be traded. Like, you yeah. know, once that, that God is, extinguished and an exigent is created obviously well they said that some exigents just die and they disappear but some actually reincarnate some that uh essence is like captured and like collected and right by another god and then they create their own exigent so there's a lot of options coming I out i definitely got the yeah. feeling though that the default assumption is like you're an exigent and you get this one go round and that's it yeah, well, some of them do reincarnate. Some of them, like once they die, it it it's up. I mean, but it, it really, with exigence, it, there's almost like there's no rules. It's you know, how do they get created? Well, you can kind of roll your own. How do they die? Well, you can kind of roll your own. What are their powers? Well, you roll your own. <laughs> yeah, I just so, like that. Uh, that kind of spoke to me that you know you could play a solar, and if you, yeah, I mean, your character dies, but their their essence carries on, so they never really die and so the idea of playing an exalt in this case obviously exigence that can potentially die and it's like well that like that's it they're just gone i don't know that right. would that seemed pretty neat to me yeah i mean it's opening up a whole lot of play space that i think just uh really really fleshes out the setting uh, i just like the idea that i could kill a major enemy and then he reincarnates and i can track him down and kill him again <laughs> oh man well so i'm yeah, looking so... forward to uh th that they're dedicating a whole chapter to great forks and i just i great forks has always been a great setting uh ever since we played uh what was the the game uh, uh what forbidden. was the title of that game? For, forbidden. forbidden, yeah. Ever since we played Forbidden, and I was like reading all the second edition material about all the area around Forks, all the way from uh, the Great Forks from like Nexus to all these little small towns. Right. So every it seems like they're doing this thing with third edition, like we get a lot more flavor and a lot more depth and things added. It's not just yeah. like a cut and paste so i am yeah. super excited to see great yeah. fork and i'm having I a mean, whole chapter to read about it just think about how many hooks there are all over that that place with the, oh the yeah way, the dragon bloods and, and you know serving the various gods the the exigence coming into play i mean yeah this is like what we talked about last time with the uh, regara is that yeah. with third edition they are just like they are so cranking it to 11 with the adventure hooks everywhere so that you know the, the question of what are we going to do in our game is like, you know, it's answered a million different ways if you want it to. And it just, it sets you, it sets your mind and your imagination running, just really, you know, g giving you so many things to jump off of there. So well, I, I've always viewed yeah, uh, Great Fork, I've always viewed Great Forks as the halfway point between the Blessed Isle and the Wild. Like you've got different things on both sides of you. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you're close enough to the Blessed Isle where you can run into Dragon Bloods and you're close enough to the Far East where you could, yeah. you know, go into the forest and run into all these Bay folk and crazy beastmen and hawkmen and all that stuff. And, in the and just the city itself is just weird with all these gods yeah. being just everywhere. I mean, it's a it's a very like dreamlike place almost, you know, just so many 
weird things happening all over the place. It just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those, those standout locations of, of exalted that really show off the setting. I mean, places like Chiroscuro definitely, uh, but great forks that is, that is really up there. So yeah, I can't wait. They're also going to show off a few more locations that they talked about detailing straw maiden Janice's hometown, even though they said, you know, it can kind of come from just about any part of creation, but just giving her, giving her hometown a little bit of, of uh, flavor in the book. And then yeah. they mentioned in the path cast, they didn't mention this in the exalt cast, but in the path cast, they said that there would be something about uh, a, a dragon King city. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I heard that. that was, I mean, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I don't really know uh, what what all that's about, but they did tease that it would be a, a strange place that involves dragon kings and romance or something like that. And I was like, all right, all right. Yeah, it's looking pretty good. So anyway, both of those are, are uh, good looks at all the exigent stuff. If you're interested in that, you can uh, take a yeah. listen to those. And uh, and I will just say about the, the Pathcast at the very end of it, Vance and Elliot are talking about the uh, Dixie asks some questions, like maybe in the last 10 minutes about their work on the Sidereals book. And just hearing Vance and Elliot talk about what's going on in Sidereals right now is worth listening to the podcast for it. There was some very, very interesting stuff. And, yeah. uh, I, I'm, I'm, it just gets me super excited about the, Sidereals. yeah, I believe that was right at the end. They, they covered right at that. The end. Yeah. Well, the other thing that has happened in the last couple of weeks is that the Onyx Pathcast has wrapped up a three-episode actual play of Essence, and it involved Dixie and Monica and Chaz and Eddie. So the four of them were playing. Monica was the one uh, who was the storyteller for that game, and uh, they just played a game of Essence. They made characters on air, and then they played a little adventure that Monica was kind of shooting from the hip there. And uh, I, you know, my, we've we've been we've been somewhat critical of, of of Essence. I mean, like at the same time, we you know, understand where Essence is is coming from and what it's trying to do. But uh, you know, also not I personally. The, one of the main reasons I'm a little critical of it is because I don't ever want that kind of rules light thing ever replacing the the you know the full 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 bodied <laughs> unleaded. <laughs> um, You're a loyalist. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a loyalist, right? Like I like the I like what ex, what Exalted has always been. I don't ever want to see it go. I don't want to ever see the main line go that way. Like I don't want us to have a a fourth edition somewhere down the line that has just you know made made the game rules light. Like that would make me upset. So. Um, so I, I, that's one reason I'm critical of Essence. However, at the same time, um, I did very much enjoy their game. I enjoyed oh, listening to it. this was great. I loved yeah. it, man. It was it probably was one good. of the best exalted actual plays. That it <laughs> was really good. <laughs> yeah, it, it actually is. I mean, that's strange, but it actually is one of the best exalted actual plays. Uh, I've been trying to listen to a bunch of other ones, and I can say that one is actually it's up there even though it's like i mean it's obviously like an off-the-cuff kind of adventure you know i mean monica didn't have a full campaign you know planned out for them they they have some very simple goals that they're hitting through there but it was just cool to have a little bit of you know some exalted action and like i said i i enjoyed the characters i i think dixie's character uh i love her little horse girl character Uh, it was awesome monica mentioned that 
you know, exalted. She she made this statement that exalted isn't really made for one shots. It's more of this big epic campaign thing. But mm-hmm. she did a real good job putting something together. I mean, they started right in the middle of action. They had a mm-hmm. good social scene in the city, and yep. then the ending was really good. Like it's like oh, you know. Oh, I don't want to spoil it because uh, I'll get yelled at for calling you know, spoilers. But it was Spoiler really, alert. yeah, exactly. It was it was good. I mean, I enjoyed right. it. Uh, the the characters and the players played well off each other, and they, they did, did a good job yeah. of of explaining the mechanics and what they were doing. And then they did a good, you know, at the end of every episode, they did kind of like a, well, you know, what'd you guys think about that? And then got some, yeah, feedback. I thought that was, I thought that was really good. Just the, the yeah. The last part. episode is, I think it's more feedback of, of the overall yeah, thing half. more so yeah. than it is the game. Right. Uh, but yeah. yeah, it was, it was good. I enjoyed it. Now there is one thing though, that I kept waiting for them to mention in the feedback. Uh, you know, cause they were like, Oh, we want to get your impressions on what you thought. They were especially asking Eddie because he hadn't played exalted in a long time and he didn't know much right. about essence. And, and they were especially oh, asking and his him. character was really cool. You know, the it alchemical, who's yeah, an alchemical, the little <laughs> spider that crawled out of his body. And stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that cool. like his bow, when it gets knocked out of his hand and, and magnetically, like just magnetizes you know, it. Yeah. Just, yeah. Like, that's it comes cool. Back to his hand. Very cool. I, I mean, it is. And, and it, you know, it does have a little bit of the super friends feel, you know, like I'm the horse girl and I'm the weird robot and I am the strange, uh, you know, social solar character or whatever. Like, why are we three together? I don't know, but let's go, you know, like, it, uh, which is one of the things that I said that is sort of a hallmark of essence is everybody makes their own weird exalt type. And then it just from a, from a person who's, who's really into like the exalted setting and the story and building stories where characters are tied together, I see right. people doing this over and over again, and I'm just like, you know. But again, I, mean, I it agree was still with you, great. but, but it, yeah. worked. it worked. It worked. It worked for it what work. it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But one of the things that was not mentioned in the um, in sort of their their like, okay, let's get your feelings on what happened is is the what I would say is a complete and utter breakdown of the combat rules. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, when they they, they had a fight. Mm-hmm that they had to essentially stop by storyteller Fiat because it was going nowhere. And one of the main reasons it was going nowhere is because of the post rolled damage, decisive, the post decisive damage rolled soak subtracting successes. The thing that we keep pointing out is like the main Achilles heel. The thing that ruined my exalted game. Yes. That's what I always think about. I was like, this is what ruined Charles's original exalted game was that he thought soak subtracted successes from decisive damage rolls and nobody could ever get anywhere. And it was so bad. We had to do a hard reset of the entire (laughs) game. Right now. Now Charles was making a mistake. He had made a mistake. He, He read the rules wrong. Right. But but in reading the rules wrong, I was really just play testing essence way back. Yeah, when. <laughs> he, set be, he set it up exactly the way essence is set up, and and so I mean that that was the first thing that jumped out at me when I read the essence combat rules was like, holy crap, this can't work! Like this is this is going to be terrible. I mean, you, you know, like I think uh, soak tops out at about four, and right. y- you know you can only store up ten power. You know, I was going to say, if the dice cap weren't so low, then maybe right. it wouldn't be quite as big a deal. 
but you like you can get more you can roll more than 10 dice it's not like third edition where the only thing you roll on a decisive attack is is the or for the damage is the initiative that's not the way power works it, it you you also get to roll your extra successes from the attack roll but because the dice pools are generally lower in essence than they are in third edition mm-hmm. anyway like you right. know like 14 or 15 dice is considered like very high in essence whereas like well i can get up to like 25 or whatever in in third edition right. um those extra successes from the attack roll aren't going to be adding too many nope so when this like you know when you look at like uh the typical uh sort of statistical success rating of like a single die roll you know in in exalted uh being somewhere under 50 percent yeah and then like you're thinking about your final dice pools being like around 10 ish you know if you have a high power that you're rolling into a decisive attack and the enemy's got four soak which by the way the enemies in that fight in essence they had four soak then nobody ever does any damage and guess what happened in that in that fight what happened do any damage well i mean there were there were instances where uh chas you know rolled 14 dice and got three yeah. successes yeah so when you subtract successes i mean you're just you're pulling there's already a um a randomization that's not quite in your favor and then you take the successful actions and deduct or you know you deduct from those successful actions or those successful roles so what what would be better even though i just don't even like the concept of uh, of soak on decisive damage it's more of a withering thing and um right in uh third edition would be to apply the soak pre-roll like okay, yeah, I'm gonna roll yeah. fourteen dice. Okay, he's got four soak. Now you yeah. roll ten. Now There's roll 10. still yeah. a possibility to succeed. But if I roll fourteen dice, I get three successes, yeah. and then you subtract all three of those successes. Essentially, I did nothing. Right. I, I think that that's. I mean, if they want like if they wanted a quick fix to just put in to just make it better, I would say first of all, raise. You could raise the soak cap a little bit, maybe to five or six and have it subtract dice before rolling. So you would still then be, be able to roll, you know, four five, six dice. You're not going to do the kind of damage like you do in third edition. I mean, third edition, a decisive attacks, a killing blow. It's not a nicking right. blow. It's a killing blow, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, okay, I've got my initiative up to 25. I'm ready to kill this fool. And boom, kill <laughs> and him. And <will>. two successes. <laughs> <laughs> that, that does happen every once in a while. But, that, but because that's statistically rare, that makes for an interesting part of the story. Like, I was in such a position to kill this dude. He was laying on the ground. Like, you know, he was, he was winded. He was just like, he wasn't even looking. And I jumped off of this cliff with my sword pointed right at his neck. And I just, you know, and boom. Boom, somehow you only you only just barely nicked him like it, it's uh that that provides some interesting dramatic flair where right. but most of the time when you get your initiative up that high that dude's just gonna be dead you know unless he's and, got like, and a I would lot like of to point out we're, we're not saying this to like bring essence down we're saying this yeah. is like to try to fix th- it this needs to be fixed because yeah. i don't want people at some game con or whatever that's going on to play and they're sitting there for four hours trying to resolve one combat between a couple of extras or something. Yeah. You know, well, it wouldn't um, be extras, but yeah, it would be, it would yeah. actually be. And in, and in the game, and in the game, I was that being they were extreme. Playing, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but you uh, have two ends, all types fighting two things that can utilize, uh, like for lack of a better word, essence, you know, modes, yeah. 
Um, yeah. It's going to be tough the way it is right now. Yeah, exactly. So, anywho, I mean, it's it's all anecdotal. I mean, maybe there's some you know somebody out there playing ex, uh, essence who's like, no, our combats don't take that long. We're we're like bada boom bada bing, you know. Uh, maybe because of some tactics that you've got. Like, well, the first the one went real or, quick. The first combat they did went really quick. Yeah, well, but they the had second it was, one it, drag, dragged out a little bit because so of the, the second one dragged pattern. out because they were like even numbers. Yeah, that was true. The first one was it was like pretty much three on one. It was three on one some plus extras. some extras. Yeah. 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 And the a lot of the extras ran off right at the beginning. So Which by the way, that, that does happen in um it happens in, in third edition too. If you if if we had three exalts versus three exalts, that, that combat would take a while. Oh yeah, I mean yeah. it would, but yeah. when you do make that decisive attack, usually typically when we make a decisive attack in a game, somebody's getting some wound penalty. And then yeah. that starts tipping the battle in your favor i mean once you get that i mean it's just like a real fight once you get that uh, that one good blow then like it right. shifts in your favor like yeah. you're you of course, know the, the i broke, real... broke the guy's leg you know yeah the, the fight's a totally different dynamic right now <laughs> yeah the the uh where the action is in third edition is all on the withering scene though because oh, yeah. because yeah. withering actually changes your initiative and so um, every, you know, you can get into kind of stalemate if you're dealing with people of a similar power level, just like stalemating on, on, on withering damage with your initiative, your initiative like, Oh, I got it up to eight. And it's like, up oh, down, back down to two, you know, it's like, you know, so <laughs> you can kind of have those fights. So, you know, maybe it's a, maybe it's an unfair, uh, comparison to say, you know, well, their, their combat system totally failed here, but because, you know, it was like three on three and they were all pretty tough enemies. So. Yeah, but anyway, but, it, I mean, it did seem though that it was like that it was a lot of wheel spinning. But anyway, it was still a fun game. I enjoyed listening to it. Uh, I almost wish it was like a weekly show. We could hear more because there was some good stuff there. And I would yeah. I'd really love to see if they if they did give it a little bit more, gave it some more legs, let it run out longer, and uh, and really wrapped up some really cool stories and stuff in there. It could be quite good. Still I mean, waiting we, for that. We, just... we know firsthand doing a actual play is a lot of work, and those people have, you know, they have a lot of things going on. You know, they're designing right. games and they're running their own podcasts in in some instances, and so yeah, it's it's a lot of time to dedicate to that. But yeah, I mean, we know firsthand that's it's yeah, a lot of work. <laughs> it's a lot of work. Well, all right. Well, so again, interesting news this week. Go hear those, uh, go listen to those things if you haven't. And we are all looking very much forward to Exigence maybe beginning this, this coming week, uh, hopefully. So we'll, we'll wait and see on that. But, uh, but today we wanted to, to just kind of talk about something that has been a part of the Exalted game since third edition. Uh, actually, I guess it's, it's probably been longer than that, but I'm thinking specifically about third edition and, and the essence way of handing out experience to characters. And one of the things that was a little controversial, I guess you could say, when they first released third edition was this idea of regular experience points and exalt type experience points. So you have like if you're playing a solar, you would have regular uh, experience, regular XP, and then you would have solar XP. And actually, even on the character sheet, there's a place to write your regular XP and your solar XP. If you're a dragon blood, you've got regular XP and dragon XP. If you're a lunar, you got regular XP and lunar XP. 
So first of all, I mean, just the question, I guess, needs to be asked. And, and, and well, let's, let's, let's just for those who maybe haven't, that there are, aren't familiar with the, with the rules very much. What are the differences between these two types of XP? So regular XP can be used to purchase anything, any kind of upgrade, attribute upgrade, ability upgrades. You can purchase charms with it. You can buy more merit dots with it, whatever. Regular XP can be used to purchase any, anything in the game. Uh, the exalt specific XP, like solar XP, lunar XP, whatever, that kind of, of experience points can only be used to buy well i guess it's better to say what it can't be used to buy it can't be used to buy charms so it can right. be used to buy anything else attributes abilities merits whatever you just can't buy charms with it so i guess the question here is then i mean what do you feel about this is this a good idea is this a bad idea There's, there was a lot of complaints about it at the beginning like why are we splitting these things this is this is too much accounting that we're having to keep up with um i i Personally, I kind of like it because the the main power level uh, of all of the exalts is tied to the regular XP. And regular XP is earned just by playing the game, right? And so your, your overall power level is tied to your regular XP because it's used to buy charms, which are the things that most impact your power level. But also, it's that regular XP expenditure that is counted towards when you hit Essence 2, when you hit Essence 3, that kind of thing. So the Solar XP or the Lunar XP or what have you, those are those are like additional awards that can give you minor bump ups, like just a little leg up over your other party members. If you end up doing the kinds of things that earn that XP uh, more than others, you can kind of use it for that. But your overall power across the board between people who are role-playing really well and getting a lot of those awards and people who are just kind of shy and showing up, they're showing up, they're playing the game, but they're not getting a whole lot of the solar or lunar experience. Uh, the, the overall power level is still going to stay the same. So I kind of like that. It, it's like, how do you reward people for good role-playing without hurting other people? And I feel like that was a, a fairly good compromise way of making both of those things happen what do you guys think well <laughs> when you explain it like that it kind of makes me regret writing what i wrote a little bit um <laughs> i don't think <laughs> i don't think it's too much accounting it just i don't know it almost seems backwards like i i always find myself being a little surprised when i'm reminded that solar xp or dragon blood or whatever exalted xp can't be used to buy charms and it's like uh, oh i feel like i feel like that is what you would use that for because like you said yeah, well, that's, that's what, what makes exalts feel like they're certain types or their charms so then you get this exalt specific xp that you can't spend on the thing that makes you really feel like your exalt Type. Right. But think about this, though, because this this, I think, is is another like kind of genius of the system. OK, so think about this. You get XP. If it was all the same type, you, you can spend eight of it to buy a new charm. Are you ever going to are you ever going to buy a, an ability upgrade or an attribute upgrade? Why would you if, if you can just get eight of eight of these XP together and buy a new charm? You're just going to be buying new charms all the time. The charms yeah, that, are the coolest that's what, thing. That's what I was going to bring up is like the charms are are game breaking in some ways like they're the the power of the power yeah like but can, they can, also you, have prerequisites too right so like well that's right. true so so but that but that's one thing that you can use the solar xp for 
is you can use that to be slowly bumping up your ability so that you hit the prerequisite without without feeling like you're wasting XP that could be used for charms because you can't yeah. use it for charms anyway, you know? So there, you might have the temptation if you could use all the XP for everything all the time, you might have the temptation of like, well, yeah, this one, one charm I do want requires this, uh, you know, I have to have one point higher in my brawl or whatever to be able to take it. But right. I don't really want to waste that, that XP building that brawl up right now. I could just use that and buy this other charm in the dodge tree that I like. You know, and I just, you know, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a nice little, for me, I, I think it's kind of cool because it, 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 it's like a leash that keeps me from just like putting everything into charms. You I know? think the main thing for me is that it's not necessarily the system itself so much, the splitting of the two types, but I, I just really have a hard time mentally keeping track that solar experience can't be used for solar charms. And if that were reversed... I think I probably never would have even questioned the system. Like if you just called it some, like if you like called if you're XP. if your regular experience at the end of a session you get five XP, right? If that was mm -hmm. solar experience, and uh, you can use that on anything, but then you get like role playing experience, right? That can be yeah. used on anything except charms. Then, like yeah. to me, that logically makes a bit more sense. I see what you're saying. So, so it's just yeah, it's a little bit. It's of just a, a mental a block. Yeah, yeah. That all yeah. that always just. Uh, I don't know why, but it bothers me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, I, I think it's it. The reason that they're doing it that way is to, I guess, distinguish from the various exalt types and and all that kind of stuff. So, because every all XP is regular XP. Like all right. like the main XP is just XP, and so then they're. Yeah, but it it would be nice if they would have just called it something like role playing, you know, role playing XP or or whatever. Or dramatic you know. XP or dramatic or XP. Yeah, that. Yeah. that would Ooh, work. I like. You know, see, I like that. Yeah, yeah because I mean, like so, a, but, a lot of role playing games would give you like you could throw out bonuses for someone who played their character well. So right. that that's what, and, and that's essentially what the exalt type XP is. Is like yeah, you're doing exactly something that your character. Uh, you're 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 accomplishing goals for your character, or you know you're just playing very well, like right. and you're being active in the game. So here, here's some XP because right. that makes sense. Well, let's let's go ahead and talk about what you do get those uh, other bonuses for. So we know you get the regular XP just for showing up. You know, you get five per session. Um, but then the other, the solar XP, lunar XP, whatever has two different bonuses that can give you each one of these bonuses can give you two solar xp each or lunar xp or whatever okay uh one of them is called the expression bonus and that is based on your intimacies or your flaws so if you if you act in such a way during the session that you really upheld your one of your intimacies or you played very strongly defending one of your intimacies or whatever you get that expression bonus or if you have a flaw, uh, which, you know, flaws are very different in third edition than they used to be in, in uh, 2.5, Exalted 2.5. Man, oh, yeah. flaws in 2.5 were just your way of superpower in your character. <laughs> like, yeah, like, you take a bunch of flaws <laughs> and get all these extra points of character creation. Yeah, get all these extra bonus points and then just, like, go nuts. And, I'm uh, which is the reason three with 19 charms, you know, yes. <laughs> but, and, and I talk like, a, you know, like I, I've had a stroke and I, I only have one arm and 
uh, yeah, I got a hunchback and uh, like a my blind leg doesn't work, but yeah, I can but, kill but, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess it's very good that they kind of removed that, you know, weird power gaming angle. It is weird that you power game through flaws, but uh, that is what we did in uh, second edition, and it was awesome. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, um, so now it's just like you take a flaw, and, and what it does is it just gives you an easy way to get this expression bonus XP. So if you play in such a way that the flaw impacts the game or impacts your character or whatnot during the session, then you can get the expression bonus based on that. So, um, you know, one, one thing that I thought was kind of, yeah, just an interesting question, uh, when thinking about this is like some people, some people naturally get the intimacy, uh, bonus or the expression bonus through intimacies or whatever. They just very naturally get it because that's the way they play as like a role player. Um, we, we kind of, you know, we see that in our current game that we're playing, uh, we, we see, uh, in our, we have a play by post game going on right now, uh, with a couple of solars and a couple of lunars and, uh, two of the characters in that game, just because of the way the characters are made, they're constantly thinking about their intimacies. And so right. they're like always going to get this expression bonus. And that made me, that made me wonder, uh, can, should you even, should you create characters with this XP award in mind? Uh, you know, create a character with an intimacy that's so driving that you just can't possibly miss it during a session so that you're yeah. just always getting that expression bonus. Or if you can't, if if your character just doesn't have an intimacy that drives them that hard, maybe take a flaw to keep reminding yourself to play some of this stuff up so that you get the expression bonus. In other well, words, well, you're gaming for XP. One one of the uh, one of the um, characters in this, of course, is mine, and the others is Jeff. And it's almost like it kind of it's easy because uh, we are like solar lunar mates, so, so like we, we automatically have <laughs> a, uh, a you know an, an intimacy. So if like you know I jump in front of him to take an arrow for him, right. Um, I, I acted on my intimacy and I put myself in danger and I get the bonus, but yeah. that's what my character would normally do. So it, it comes easy because the intimacy, the intimacy is so close at hand, but if right. you created a character that has like a love for someone on the blessed Isle and you're playing in great forks, you yeah. almost never have the opportunity to play off that intimacy. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying is like, you need to be aware of that, right? That you're going to have a hard time getting this expression bonus XP if you've set your character up like that. And so, so that, it that might brings be up good. one of those things that I noticed in the, um, the Onyx, no, was it the Onyx Path play, uh, Essence play was uh -huh. they kind of figured out where they were going to be and what they were going to do and what kind of characters they were before they made the characters. It's almost like when you're mm -hmm. playing a, um, pathfinder adventure path like you mm -hmm. know you're going to be in this area and your people are going to be from this region so you kind of tailor your character towards that right. like uh what was it um chaz's character had a a uh a merit where it tied him to the ruler Queen of, of yeah. yeah yeah exactly champ was a champ Tempur, yeah. yeah. So they knew they were going to run into this person and they had and the storyteller monica she gave them an opportunity to have direct conversation with with uh with her right. so 
yeah it, it it's it's something that you I like I don't know maybe that's a storyteller thing like you need to like tell your player like I don't know how I'm going to work this intimacy into this uh, uh maybe you have a way to do it but right. you're kind of hampering yourself on the expression bonus by not yeah. taking an intimacy that we can play off of in the game but when you do have one that's like so close at hand I don't even think about the expression bonus I just play my character and it and it just comes up right yeah. So that was my two cents on that. <laughs> well, the other, the other bonus. So we've got the expression bonus, which is based on your intimacies or flaws. Uh, the other bonus where you can get two more points is the roll bonus. And this one is interesting because uh, it's broken down by cast uh, various things that you should look toward accomplishing based on what cast you're playing. But then also they have, and this is in like all of the splat books, uh, when they talk about the roll bonus, the first point of their little list is this point about seeding the spotlight. Like if you seed the spotlight to somebody else in a scene to let their character shine instead of, instead of hogging it for yourself, you can get the roll bonus. Which is, um, I understand the the thinking behind that particular thing. You know, like some char- some players can really dominate a game. You know, if the other people are, if the other people are very uh, timid or whatever, you know, you can have one character who kind of dominates. I'm I just immediately reminded of that uh, Starfinder Society game where we went to Jim, me, you, and and our other friend, uh, where where it was like my character had some social things. And so like in every social encounter, you know, I was just right there, you know, being the spokesman for the group and you can Mm -hmm. very easily hog the spotlight when you have a character like that. And so seeding the spotlight to somebody else to let them shine. uh, That is a really good thing. Um, Yeah. We actually go. Yeah. It's good. And I understand what, like I said, I understand why they put it in there. I think that's a, it's a noble sort of thing to do to like actually give a character uh, some points for seeding the spotlight. Of well, course, well, you I could picture get this. this. Uh, imagine like, okay, say say we uh, role play a lot, and then like, I don't know. Let, let's just say I'm a kid again, and my cousin comes over and spends the night, and I was planning all. We, you know, we were going to have a role playing game, so you know, I help him make a character real quick, throw him in the game, and uh, you know, I notice that he's not, you know, being very active in the game, and then mm-hmm. I go out of my way to like make him you know shine in this one scene right so basically i'm giving up the spotlight and i you know i'm potentially you know like maybe i let him land the failing blow on an enemy that i should have took out so i kind of missed out on that you know on your roll bonus yeah 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 Yeah, exactly moon roll bonus or whatever yeah yeah but because i propped him up you know as a player trying to get the player more interested in another player, more interested in the game. Yeah. I, I kind of took a back seat and pushed his character to the forefront. This gives that away. So you don't get penalized for doing that. And I like that. Yeah. Yeah. It could definitely be good. We, when, when we do our, our play by post uh, stuff that we do, I kind of, I sort of reverse this. Uh, yeah, you and, use it to make people jump to the spotlight. <laughs> yeah, like I want people to, to try to take some spotlight, you know, like 
uh, they'll they'll just post a small little thing, you know, like really get in and show who your character is. And well, our format and, uh, offers that too because um, yeah. it's not like you're sitting at a table and you're having, you know, if a guy you have to come up with just, something in this like one second. Yeah, you yeah, have time and, to and think if about. And a guy it. just never stops, never stops talking. It's like, when am I going to get a word in edgewise? But right. on a play by post, it's like, all right, he's he's posted. Now I can post, and you do like right. this, you know, ten paragraph thing. That you yeah. forced all the other uh, players to have to read. <laughs> <laughs> Wallet text. <laughs> Wallet text. <laughs> yeah, we we've had a few of those here recently. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I yeah. think the seeding uh, the spotlight thing is really good for groups that have quiet players too, right? So yeah, like it, like Jim was saying, when you have someone who naturally kind of steps forward into that face role of the group it can mm-hmm. be hard for more timid uh maybe kind of less creative players to like force an opening so to speak right so this incentivizes that person that is kind of the natural leader of the group to like hey shut up for just a minute <laughs> just <Yeah>. like stop <laughs> well and not just shut up shut up yeah, no, but, <laughs> but it's but like not just shut up, but like actually go up. on the yeah. <laughs> go on the offensive to help somebody else shine. Yeah, yeah. You know? So it's not just like, well, I got I, like normally I talk all the time. In this session, I didn't, so I get the seating the spotlight bonus. <laughs> like, like no, <laughs> not exactly, you know. But it's that it's that it's that prodding, that encouraging, you know, taking somebody under your wing and saying, "Come on, you can do this." you know yeah, go talk to yeah. him go tell him yeah um, and like actually encouraging the person into that spotlight role well uh, it, it's, it's a twofold cool. play a payout too like not only do, do you get this this camaraderie between the characters the players too like hey man i appreciate you you know helping me out there you know like you know when you're eating a bag of doritos after the game's over or whatever right. so <laughs> it's 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 a cool it's a cool thing to put in in the system and to reward people for doing it i like yeah well what about the other part though i mean uh you have these role bonuses that are that are based on cast and they're very they're 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 sort of like you know stereotypical or whatever like if you're a dawn cast you know your role bonus is like uh defeating a major bad guy and it's the same thing if you're a full moon lunar or whatever uh, if you're like a yeah. changing moon lunar, it's like, you know, well, you were able to talk somebody out of something or, you know, you, you, you got the upper hand in a social situation. Same thing if you're a eclipse castle or whatnot. Yeah. So the question though is, I mean, you know, having to, having to think about that during a session so that you get a two XP award at the end, do you like as a character, do you like having cast based goals to pursue by a session like yes. that? You do? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. I mean, because if you're not playing your cast, why did you pick it? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like I can see that. I just, yeah, personally, I, I've, I, I've never really liked this, and, and I don't know, I don't, I guess it's because, like, I, I want to play the character, uh, the way you know, I, when I, when I role play, I, I try to like really put myself in the shoes of the character. I start trying to think like that character, you know, like essentially, I'm, I'm like suppressing Corey and I'm trying to fully take on the personality of someone else. And so 
I just want to play that character. I don't want to have a checklist of things that I'm looking that I need to do before the end of the session. I just want well, I want well, things to come up naturally. here because you've got two different ways you can get this same bonus. Yeah, there are multiple things that you could do, and and I guess what you you know. Well, not I, only that, just, this this also falls under the seating the spotlight, correct? I mean, yeah, yeah. So if you see so the you spotlight, do this, you would or get you it. do this, you get the two points. I like right. it because it, like Jim said, the casts uh, are supposed to feel different from one another, and I think sometimes that can get muddied, and you just kind of right. like, oh, we're we all have big weapons, so like we all just like kill things, even though I'm a night cast or whatever, right? But like, right. In our play by post, I'm playing a twilight cast who you know i i he's like a crafter and like making stuff and i know that the twilight cast specifically says um solving a significant problem or crisis through the application of knowledge or through education or creating a lasting or meaningful work of mystical power although i bet it, it so it says like you know like creating a sorceress working or artifact or something like that but i bet right. that I could make an argument that uh, using my crafting in some way could also fulfill that as well. No, sorry. So, it just says meaningful artifacts, so that's no, it. it's not going to fly. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. I knew where this was going. I just, I was biting <laughs> my lip. I was like. Well, in a normal game without a totalitarian regime at the head of it, then maybe one could, maybe one could flex that. But no, you I mean, try, Charles. Like, I'll just bring it up on the podcast. It's like yeah. a Ralphie for Christmas yeah. story. Santa, Public yeah, flogging. Yeah. No, but like for for me, it's just like you don't have to play that way every session. But I know right. if I start to feel lost and like. He's not really feeling different than the other characters. I can just go can back just to the whole like, oh, let's go back to learning lore, figuring stuff out, that right. kind of thing. Yeah, it gives you a little direction. I can see that. I can see that. I, and 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 honestly, <laughs> you know, with with how broad some of these role bonus things are, I think that that probably most people could make a case. At, like you said, make a case at the end of the session. Like, no, I think I, you know, I think I, I, I could do this because I, I did do, I did this thing that way, and that sort of fits that. And and we saw them, even though at the the way Essence awards these things is slightly different, and we'll just kind of briefly cover that in just a second. But um, we saw them kind of do this in that Onyx Path actual play of Essence when they were talking about their essence or talking about their awards, their, their milestones or whatever, they were like making a case. Well, and, and Monica was even helping him like, well, you did actually yeah. do this and that let you, you know? And, uh, and so anyway, yeah, just finding a way to help people get to those two points. But if somebody is just like, you know, stubbornly going through the game, completely neglecting their, their cast and their, you know, their uniqueness and not seating the spotlight and just being a big doofus, then they, they missed this two points. <laughs> you get the big <laughs> but, doofus award. <laughs> but if you're at the very end of a session and you haven't acted much like your cast, I think you just stand up at the table and you announce, I'm seating the spotlight to this guy right now. <laughs> just make sure you get something in there. So Corey's uh, Jim, you heard it. Corey said we can do that. So now we know how to get to free experience. 
<laughs> well, I but, mean, you know, all of that. When he awards experience, I mean, if you got a case, like he's like, well, I just didn't feel like you did blah, blah, blah. And you're like, no, I did this over here. And he's like, oh, yeah. for You know, because he forgets. He's human. Yeah. Like, oh, I forgot you did that. Yeah, you're right. Here's two uh, solar XP or lunar XP, whatever you are. But the, I guess that, you know, one, one reason why I still, I just, I kind of chafe at some of this a little bit is just because like, I want to give everybody the full four extra points anyway. Like, I don't want to be stingy with it. I want everybody to get all four points. Right. And so instead of it being something that's really motivating players or whatnot, I feel like it's more like on the storyteller of like, figure out how your characters met all these goals. So you can just give them the four points you wanted to give them anyway, you know? And, uh, and that's, I guess that's another place where I sort of feel a little bit oppressed, a little constrained by the system. It's like, I, you know, I'm going to end up trying to give you four points no matter what you did. <laughs> so it just, it just gives me one more hoop to jump through. So I'm um, okay with that. But anyway, yeah, <laughs> that's why la- on the first session, you know, we, on our play by post, I don't know how you guys do it. If you guys play by post out there, but we treat every three scenes as a session. So at the end of three scenes, I give out uh, experience awards and, after the first three scenes, I was just like, all right, look, I'm not even going to try to count all this stuff up this time. Everybody gets the four points for the, the solar lunar XP. Uh, just work on the work on it for next time because I'm not going to count this up. Everybody gets four. There you go. Have fun. <laughs> Merry Christmas. But uh, anyway, and I have a feeling like I might do that again. All right, and just one of the things, I, I wanted to briefly touch on the way uh, Essence does this as well because they have a, a slightly different way of handling these various uh, bonuses and whatnot. They, in fact, they don't give, they don't give regular XP out the way uh, third edition does. They kind of couch everything in this idea of milestones. Uh, They have like four different types of milestones. They have an exalt milestone, a personal milestone, a major milestone, and a minor milestone. And those are all things that you're having to look for. Did, did you check this box as you're playing the game? And the, uh, the exalt milestone is sort of like a roll bonus. It differs by cast. And uh, though, if you do one of those things during a session, you can use that to buy a new charm. But only if all the players do it at the same time. or only if only if you get enough of these to add up to the number of players in the game or something like that i do feel like what i feel yeah 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 it's (laughs) it's it's very straight so here here's the here's the the way that this is written in the book okay it says the group should keep track of each personal or exalt milestone met once a total number of personal or exalt milestones equal to the number of characters has been met all characters involved gain their player's choice of a personal or exalt milestone. Uh, well, man, you should have talked about personal milestones first because... Okay, well, wh- let's go for a personal milestone. What's a personal milestone? Okay, so, well, first off, it's I think it's super dumb <laughs> because uh, <laughs> okay. you, you can either get it for gaining, intensifying, or changing an intimacy if the story supports it. That's cool. Okay. I, I get that. It's it kind of like pers- an expression bonus. Yes, exactly. Or just being there so like <laughs> it, it's dumb <laughs> yeah it's, it's stupid so that whole paragraph doesn't even matter because what it's basically saying is every session you can get a personal or exalt milestone 
Yeah, because everybody played that was there. Yeah, it's dumb. But, so, but once everybody, once once a number of people get them equal to the number of players, then each player gets his choice of a personal or exalt milestone. Oh, so it's like circular. You can only get a personal if you get a personal. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's a really confusing paragraph. Look, I think because that paragraph using, just needs to they're be using the I'm word. Wondering, I'm wondering, do you, do you, okay, so let's say at the end of the session, I get a personal milestone. And there are four people at the table, and they all got a personal milestone. So do I get another personal milestone? No, because oh, where did it so. say? It says somewhere like. Um, we'll read it again. How do, how's it written? If it a character, like if everybody has enough personal. Well, the, you I get see. Another I think personal. the problem. Well, the problem is, is that they're. I think they're using the word milestone in two different ways here. They're <sighs> they're using it as a goal to meet during the session. And then they're also using it as an experience award that can be traded for. Wait, yeah, look, it's uh, got a lowercase oh, m instead of a capital. Yeah, I, yeah, I, 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 I just, I, I think it, this this session, uh, section of the book just kind of needs to be really cleaned up some uh, because it is it is rather confusing. I'm not down for any of this, by the way. Like, I, I like, okay, if 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 like you said, Charles, the the personal one can just kind of be turned into an experience or a, uh, an attendance award. Then but that's, that's what okay, it says, but that kind right? of negates that kind of negates the rest of the you know the whole system anyway. If we're just like all trying to just do this, so that then we just get a new charm. It kind of feels like much ado about nothing, you know. If we're gonna if we're gonna kind of water all this stuff down to the point where we just kind of all if we're gonna get it anyway, then I just feel like you know just awarding people like like third edition does. Here's here's your five experience just for being here today. It's just so I mean, much it, easier than all of this bookkeeping of the, all the yeah. other stuff. I mean, essentially, the way I'm looking at this, you get a free charm just for being there. Yeah, because it says yeah, it, if a player attended the game and contributed but didn't accomplish a personal goal or perform a radical stunt, storytellers should still give out a milestone for attending. And you can use that <laughs> milestone to get a charm. Yeah. If if a number of them met equals the number of players, and if you're giving one to every player, you get it every time. Gonna meet it. Then you're always going to meet it. Everybody's <laughs> going to get a new trap. So actually, the uh, the advancement pro uh, like the advancement rate for an essence game is is faster than the advancement rate for a third edition game because five right. XP will not buy you a new charm in third edition, and no. that's th that's a little strange to me too because. Uh, there is like the number of charms in third edition is greatly different than the number of charms in essence. Essence has a dearth of charms versus third edition. So, um, you know, it, it seems like if you're earning a, a new charm every single session, you're going to, you're going to essentially run out of charms to pick, uh, much faster than you ever would in third edition. However, I will yeah. say this though. Rules they only just started became like well, rules super heavy when you have like, 40 well, it says you can also well, use it is, to get a new mode, so you're not necessarily yeah. getting an well, entirely like, new charm. But a new mode is kind of like a new charm. In third edition, it would just be another charm in the same tree. You know, that's kind of what the modes are. Yeah. They okay. might be a little right. weaker than that, but, they're, but it is similar. Uh, but I will say this, though. I mean, you know, when the, if you go rules as written on Essence, you only have four charms to start with anyway. 
So you've got a long way to go before mm. you hit the 15 that you start with in third edition. So even though you're getting like essentially one per session, it's going to take you a very long time just to catch up to where the third edition guys were at the start. So maybe that kind of works out. I don't know. I just, you know, all of that stuff's kind of beside the point. Whether one works better than the other in terms of how fast you earn charms is one ah. thing. I just don't like the bookkeeping of like, did this, and I'm always thinking about it from a storyteller perspective because that's all what I'm always playing. I'm always the storyteller, right? And right. I'm like, I don't want to keep up whether this girl did her thing or this guy did his thing. No, you put it on the player. Yeah, but then, but then you're making them at the end of the session. You're like, all right, everybody, convince me why you deserve your XP today. And that's annoying too, you know. So I would just rather have it just be an automatic. Like, so, you know, I don't know uh, when when you guys play like Pathfinder or D and D or whatever. I don't know how you guys do the experience points and leveling up, but. I quit counting experience points a very long time ago, like decades ago. It's just like, (laughs) you know, if you're playing through a Pathfinder adventure path and it says characters should be second level by the time they reach the scary mansion or whatever. I'm like, as you guys walk up to the scary mansion, you level up. That's (laughs) what I do too. But I I was going to say, okay, you, you guys know I have moved towards enjoying rules like games more. And this kind of stuff shows up in in different fashions in a lot of the games that I play. It's not as big a deal as Corey is making it out to be at the end <laughs> to say, hey, um, okay, Alien is a great example. It has like, I want to say like eight questions. And if you answer yes to any of them, you get one experience point. And it costs like five XP to increase anything in that game. It's just a flat rate, right? Most people get three to five in any one session because you get one for just showing up, you know, so there's always Mm -hmm. forward progress. And then it's like, Mm -hmm. did you risk your life? Did you butt heads with your rival? Did you save your buddy? All this kind of stuff. Now for the first couple sessions, we would carve out time and go through that as a group until we all got the feel of it. And then it now, when I wrap up a session, I say, hey, don't forget, go through the questions, answer those, and give yourself experience points. And then I, I log off. Like, that's the end of the game. And I let them yeah. do that. And, and you know, super I guess, easy. You know, hearing you say it, I guess you could, use, you know, you're almost using it as a way to cement the memory of what happened in the game. That's too. part of it, yeah. Like, yeah, think back over what we just did. And let's relive some of these things. Were you able to do these sorts of things and just kind of have it, it? It just it's a it's a little reminder at the end of the session of what we just. That's did a fair and, point. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. This is also still, way less bookkeeping than third edition, where you have new, literal numerical bookkeeping. It's split into two different parts: the regular and the solar, or the exalt experience. Yeah, but you got to remember, this is actually four different milestones. We're not just yeah, talking yeah, about the ones you pick a new Yeah, but you're still effectively answering these kind of questions in third edition with the expression and the roll bonus. You're just also yeah. giving numbers with it. Like but this is still this, this is I mean, easier. you know, this is how you go up in attribute. You know, you can increase your attribute by doing a major milestone. You can increase uh, an ability by doing a minor milestone. 
some of those things will be accomplished maybe on a session by session basis. Some of them will take two or three sessions to accomplish. And so you're just constantly having to watch for all four of these different types of milestones. But again, that's all on the player. Yeah, I guess it can be. If you got that quiet player, though, he's not going to really speak up. I don't know. It's it's okay, I guess. Everybody's got to have some way of doing XP. I, Personally, my personal favorite is just whatever what what they call it. Uh, I forget, even forget what they call it, but uh, they might even use the word milestone. But in in Pathfinder, it's, where it's just like milestone. Yeah, yeah. It's like when when you reach this part of the that's what when I you reach do. this part of the story. You hit the next level. Yeah, and it's that's like, what I, I don't do. have to count X- XP per monster or per social encounter. Well, just, and then you don't have boom, people leveling up at weird at weird times you know it's like yeah. no you get through yeah. the rest of this dungeon did, did you guys ever play um like the the red box or the blue box D D, like back before third edition <laughs> i mean yeah no, uh yes and no yes and no so like b- back we were then, too young like, to have read it and comprehended it so we were just kind of flying by the seat of our pants i played it <laughs> but <laughs> like, older you, you have... jim <laughs> The, his dad was really into it. Uh, that's right. That's the right. the thief, like to get the second level, yeah. was like twelve hundred or fifteen hundred experience, and then the fighter yeah. was like two thousand, and then the yeah, magic so the user thief was twenty five hundred. That was a nightmare, and that was one of the things I liked about third edition was was like okay, to get the second level, everybody hits this. So I've kind of got that feel where it's kind of trying to keep everyone on the same playing field like so you don't end yeah. up with like an essence two and then some guy who just you know just got a specialty the other day that was his his bonus right yeah and this Wait. guy's got like 20 charms now you know where most people are familiar with that with is through the Baldur's gate games and like Baldur's gate icewind dale they all worked on that system yeah. and it was like your thief always like you leveled <laughs> up so fast your party yeah. was like this crazy mix of levels all the time so i'll say yeah. this i i know i was almost certainly one of the more harsh critics when we went over essence specifically because I like rules light stuff and it didn't do it for me at all. That being said, I think these milestones now I have issues with some of them, but I think generally speaking, this is like a pretty good attempt at a rules light thing. You don't have to worry about numbers. You don't have to worry about, Oh, you know, I have, I have five experience and then next week I get another five so I can spend eight on a charm, but that leaves me with two. And then I have to wait like two sessions to get another charm. And like you fall into this weird number counting thing here. It's just, you're focusing on story and it's like, did you do a big thing in the story? Then you can raise your strength or you can get a better merit or you can get a new merit. I can see how that would be easier at the end of a game. Like, you know, when you're done, everybody's, you know, packing up, getting ready to go home. You know, the storyteller just goes, all right, minor milestones. Who hit yeah. one? Yeah. And then somebody goes, hey, I think when I did this and this, like, yeah, give it. And then another wow. guy's like, hey, when I did this, no, that doesn't quite fit there. That's more of a personal thing. And it's like, oh, okay. You know, you kind of hash that out just, together. I guess it comes down to taste. Personally, I'm like, I like the whole cash purchase system. Like, It's like, here's your points, buy what you want. So you like oh. bookkeeping, but you don't like bookkeeping. Yeah, I, yeah, I like the I like the bookkeeping. Of, I've got I've got twenty bucks in my wallet. I can buy I a coke, a hot dog, but I love bookkeeping. 
I, I just I, I like the I like the purchase method. You know, like give me some points, let me purchase something. It, to me, that seems so much simpler than I really need to get my brawl up or my close. I guess in essence, it'd be close combat. I really need to get my close combat up a point. Let me make sure I do a minor milestone. You know, like. I, I would just rather be like, oh no, I've got enough cash See, for that here. I, I don't think it's gonna be I, I don't think it's gonna be played that way. And I'm I'm No, it's probably not. I'm really I, I thinking just... about my alien game in in this way because they're not gaming the system like that. They're not like I have to I have to put myself in danger or something like this. It's just they're already playing that way anyways, and then they get rewarded for it. Sometimes they don't, and then sometimes they do. Here it's but just also like the, like you said, the alien system was a bit more of a cash based system. You're you're earning points and then you spend five points to buy anything. Whereas yeah, this that's, is like that's I've got to do something specific. But, but it's all do something specific to raise this one specific thing. Yeah, but you're already going to, to be doing that stuff anyways. I right. Know. Well, some of it. The essence book here is like, you know, storyteller, you have to plan in your adventure to give your character an opportunity to meet their major milestones so they'll be able to change some of these, you know, be able to raise their attributes or whatever. And I I, I know, like, in every game, <laughs> storytellers are supposed to design the adventure to kind of fit the players and, mm-hmm. and give them things to do that they want to do. But it's just, it, it to me, it just feels constrainy in a way that the normal way of planning you things know, doesn't. You know what feels more constraining, though, when you build a character... And you don't get input from the person who's going to run the game. And they're like, yeah, that's fine. And then you play that character and it doesn't work. And you're like, cool. Why did you let me do this? I mean, <laughs> I'm going to be honest here. That's, that's the storyteller's fault. Um, I, yeah. I actually strongly disagree with you on this point. It is the purpose of the storyteller to, one tell a compelling story and two, make sure that the characters fit into that. If you're not doing both of those, you're failing. Yeah. I would, I would say that uh, an analogy for that is the characters are the ingredients. The storyteller can make whatever he wants, but if we're all candy, you're not making meat pie. Yeah. It's just, it's not going to work. Yeah. And well, so let's go into what defines like the, other kind of milestones because we know the personal one right you just show up and you get that but then you have arguably the the more difficult one to hit which is the major milestone and you get those basically it's like the end this the adventure ends and you all get a major milestone the story right it's the story yeah right and the tough thing about that is that's the only one that lets you get uh raise a merit or get a new merit Right. Well, because merits are merits are pretty big. I mean, when you're picking them at character creation, and you say, "I've got resources five. I'm the wealthiest person in creation." When you're doing that from character creation, you can say, "Well, it's because I built up this empire of whatever, whatever, whatever." But well, you think about something like an ally, which is something like almost can be done in game, but you have a mechanic for it. Yeah. Like you have to purchase a merit. Yeah. Yeah, you so, can definitely befriend somebody in the game and you can start working toward that. And when you hit the story end or whatever, then you can purchase that person as an ally and get a little bit more control over them, you know, as your ally versus just a player or j- versus just a character in the story. But 
I don't know. You know, some of these d- descriptions and definitions of what a story is, what an adventure is, what a session is, those are going to, those are going to vary by group as well. Uh, I mean, when you think of like how we've broken down games before, uh, an adventure would essentially be like in, in our play-by-post stuff, it'd be like one of our seasons. That would be an adventure because a season is, is made up of several uh, sessions and we call a session three scenes. So if you have five sessions, that would be like 15 scenes. That makes up one series, what we call a series. That's a long dang game. That's an That's what, like, I guess Essence would be calling that an adventure. So what's a story? A story to me is almost like a campaign. It's multiple adventures put together. Again, thinking in Pathfinder terms, the <clears throat> the story would be the adventure path. The adventure would be each of the six parts. The session would be, you know, like there'd be probably four sessions per per. Adventure. Yeah, but this is like the whole like disconnect with me with solar XP and regular XP. Like those are just terms that mean they mean something to you that probably means something different to me but generally speaking like the end of an adventure or a season for us is when you would get a major milestone now since we would, yeah we would just change that since to be ours like are story. so long you could argue that there might be a mid a mid story major milestone that we could hit you know so or or it, or you know, these end of adventure goals, these minor milestones, we would hit several times throughout the course of one of our series. Yeah. Or like, or, you know, if you're talking Pathfinder, you don't want the, you don't want to wait until the end of the entire AP to get your major milestone, but maybe redefine things so that each book of the AP, which Pathfinder calls an adventure, each, each one of those books is essentially the end of a story. And then you would have to, uh, redefine the what an adventure is to be something smaller than that so yeah it all comes down to terminology and how you're defining these various things but when you're calling one thing a session that's like you know two three four hours of playing and then you're saying there's a bigger piece beyond that that we're calling an adventure which is made up of multiple sessions oh wait yeah yeah yeah. hang on so i i remember um (laughs) yeah major milestones you're right those are problematic because the minor milestones are the end of a an adventure or story chapter. So that would be Which the end multiple, of a season. That's multiple sessions, right? So the major so the milestone sessions would be... you get a minor. Yeah. So in, in essence, defense, I'm going to say that there's several places where it's like if this doesn't work, you know, tailor it to work. Like we, we do that with the rules when we, we do our play by post because yeah. we're not sitting at a table every night. So right. the traditional sitting around the table, rolling dice, uh, kind of mechanic for XP or whatever doesn't work for us. So, you know, we came up with the rule every three scenes, we hand out experience points. Right. So usually we're like waiting for season or, uh, scene three, three, scene six and scene C nine to end. Like I need some yeah. XP. <laughs> yeah. Need to get that new charm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, you just have to, yeah, I think you, you'll have to tweak these by your group. I mean, you know, if you ever want to increase an attribute, you can't wait till the very, the very end of, you know, your whole entire game. Well, it also You've says call something a story when this, so this is something we didn't write in here, but like increasing your essence, it's recommended that two major milestones 
be accomplished between those. And it's like, geez, you know, if a story is what they mean by campaign, like who's playing characters that long? I don't know. <laughs> like, right. are you just never actually going to benefit from a major milestone? Because that's yeah, kind yeah. of what it seems like. It, again, this is this is where the storyteller now has, the, and this is one reason why I don't like it. The storyteller is having to craft their 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 stories so that they have these ending points at various places along the way, so that characters can get XP I, uh, and and move the game forward. Well, you have to plan for it. You have to plan for this very nuts and bolts character advancement thing in the way that you tell the story so that your characters aren't just left hanging without advance. No, I think this and is just a constraint. I think this whole section is really poorly written. And I think the easiest change would be you leave miners how they are. Grant, I know we haven't even really talked about them very much yet, but you leave those how they are and major milestones are what happen at the end of an adventure. So multiple yeah. sessions culminate the adventure. It's all terminology. Yeah. It's all terminology. I'm sure they mean by story, end of story goal. They mean what we think of by end of adventure. Oh, they you didn't know. write it like that, though. It's yeah, super... it, need, it, it needs some it, it needs this some. This is a draft. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's true. They might clear this up. They definitely need, there's some paragraphs like that one that we read earlier that definitely need to be cleared up. So, <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully, yeah, it's a hopefully little they'll confusing. get it. Although it doesn't really matter to me because I'm never going to play it. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Still, I would like to see this get cleaned up so that so that uh, groups have a little bit better, um, a little bit better able to wrap their head around what's going on here. Well, all right, folks. Well, I guess that'll wrap up our discussion about uh, XP. And uh, do you have some opinions on XP that maybe we didn't cover? How do you do it with your group? If you would like to let us know, um, just send us a, send us an email to the deliberative podcast at gmail.com or, and this is an even better option. You can record yourself giving us your opinion and uh, try to keep those a little shorter so that we can get your whole thing in there. So look, look to be about like, you know, a minute or less would be really good, but, uh, but try to get your thoughts on there. Or if you have, if you have a longer thought than that, that just can't be contained within one minute, that's fine. We, we just may trim it up when we put it on the show. But anyway, record yourself, giving your opinion, send it to us. If you just really want to yell at Charles for saying that something wasn't very well written. Uh, in the, we know, we know how people don't like those ones. Uh, yeah. Just go ahead and, and uh, send those directly to us and we'll be sure to hit him upside the face with those. Uh, but anyway, we'll put we'll put you on the show. So go ahead and do that. I'm hoping that on our next episode, we will get to cover a lot of what we learned from the beginning of the Exigence Kickstarter. We know there's going to be uh, you know manuscript previews that are a part of that. Can't wait to dig into some of that stuff. So hopefully we'll be talking about that on the next episode. But until then, thanks for listening to the Deliberative Podcast. Now go forth and bring righteousness to the world as you know best. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, Ope. See ya.